Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. And the title of this message this morning is The Birth of the King. The Birth of the King. And if you've got a Bible today, can you please turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to read verse 1 to 25 together. We're going to be looking in particular at these few verses. Now, maybe we won't read through some of these. I can see some of you already as you've opened up your Bible and you see it's a long list of names. You're like, no, is he really going to read through all of these names? No, we might hold off but, uh, on these, but this is where we're going to be focusing this morning. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 to 25. As I said, Matthew, he wants to get across to his readers. He wants to let everybody know that Jesus is the promised king. Now, if a man or if a person walked into this church this morning and they claimed to be the king, then first of all, I'm sure we'd all think that that person was absolutely crazy, unless it was, it was Charles or, or, you know, for us as a United Kingdom. We'd think if somebody came in here this morning and said that they were king, that we would think they're absolutely crazy. But I'm sure we'd all go on to that person and ask that, that man and ask him, where's your proof? Where's the proof that you are actually who you say you are? Where's the proof that you are the king? Well, I know for me, I'd want to know his background, first of all. I want to know, is this guy genuine? Is he real? Is he really a king? I'm sure we'd want to know who, who pays homage to him, who worships him, who, who follows him, who serves him. And also, I'm sure we'd want to ask for identification. We'd want definite proof that this person, if somebody walked into church this morning and said they were king, I'd want proof. I'd want to know for a fact that this person was king. And, you know, Matthew, as I said, the theme that runs throughout the book of Matthew is that he's trying to tell his readers that Jesus is king. And I'm sure that Matthew, when he was getting ready to write this gospel, I'm sure he was ready for those sort of questions. If Matthew's making this statement that Jesus is king, then Matthew better back this up. He's got to back up his claims that Jesus is the promised king. And Matthew does that. Matthew, right from the outset, he gives us proof that Jesus was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the way that Matthew does this is that Matthew, he gives this detailed account of the birth of Jesus and, and the events that followed it. Matthew was a guy who was interested in the details and he wanted everybody to know that, you know, I'm not just saying that Jesus is King, I've got proof. And I'm going to show you that Jesus is King. Now, we must understand this morning, we must know that royalty depends on ancestry. You know, you, you were born into the royal family. That's what, that's what we see, that royalty depends on ancestry. And it was important for, for Matthew to show us that Jesus was born uh, into a royal family. It was important for Jesus to establish his rights to the throne of David. We said Jesus is king, and Jesus has shown us that he is the right, rightful heir to the throne of David. That not only is he, is he going to be an earthly king, but he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And so Matthew, right in the, this opening chapter, in Matthew chapter 1, and in particular in verse 1 to 17, Matthew shows us Jesus is human, is human ancestry. It shows us Jesus is human ancestry. Now, we've got to understand that genealogies were extremely important to the Jews. 
family trees and genealogies were extremely important to the Jews. They're extremely important to my grandparents as well, who a few years ago, they dived into our family tree and they went on a, a search for years and years to see where we came from. And they went to classes and courses. I'm sure they told you all about it. Uh, but we see that the Jews, they were detailed. They were interested. They cared about genealogies and where people came from. And commentators say that without genealogies, the people couldn't prove their tribal membership or their rights to inheritances. So if people wanted to claim an inheritance, they needed to prove that they were part of this family, that they belonged to this certain family, so that they could claim the inheritance of that family. And anybody who claimed that they were the son of David, the King David, if anyone went around saying that they were the son of David, then that person had to be able to prove the fact that he was a son of David, that he belonged to the ancestry of David. Now I'm sure, I'm pretty positive on this because I've done this and I'm pretty sure that you would be like me in this. If you've ever read this gospel, if you've ever read the gospel of Matthew, and in particular if you've ever got to this first chapter, I'm sure if you're honest you've skipped over it once or twice. Hands up if you've ever skipped. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to embarrass you. Oh, some of you are. I'm not going to name and claim, don't worry. Uh, but I'm sure we, I, I've done it many times. I look at this list and I think, I'm not going to get nothing out of this. And not only because it's so long and it's, a, it's pro, a, a half the time I skip over, a bit, I skip over it because I can't even pronounce some of the names. I think, yeah, I'm not just going to bother going through this. I'm not going to go there. You know, it doesn't exactly make for exciting reading, does it? This long list of names. And in particular, if you read the Bible in the night, if you do your devotions in the night, then this is going to, maybe this is the right chapter for you to begin, because it, I'm sure you'll get to sleep by the time you read to verse 5. By the time you get to verse 5, you, you'll be gone. So maybe I encourage you, if you're a, a nighttime reader, if you do your devotions in the night, get into Matthew chapter 1. Start reading this list of names and you'll be fast asleep before you know it. But you know, it's interesting. I've skipped over this list of names many, many times. But, you know, we've got to understand that, that the Bible is the inspired word of God. And everything, it says in Timothy, everything in this book is, able to, is there to teach us for reproof, for correction. It's there for a purpose. And, you know, sometimes when I read this, I think, oh, you know, do I have to really go through this? Do I have to read through all these names? But we've got to understand, this is here for a purpose. There's a reason for it. You know, there's a reason why these people, these men who put together the Bible, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit to put this in this book. So it must be there for a reason. There must be something that we can learn from this. And in fact, this opening chapter, these, these list of names, these are vital for this gospel. These are vital for the gospel of Matthew, are vital for a few reasons. This list is important for a few reasons. And, and the first reason this is important is because it shows us that Jesus is a part of human history. This list shows us that Jesus is a part of history. You know, it shows us that all of Jewish history prepared the way for his birth. We can see it from generation to generation. It was all gearing up for Jesus to come. It was all being prepared for Jesus to be born. You know, God accomplished his great purpose by bringing his one and only son into the world. I know this, as we read through this, we see that Jesus isn't just some, some guy that's made up in a fantasy story. 
This list shows us, this genealogy shows us that Jesus is a part of human history. You know, many people think that Jesus is just made up. He's part of an old story, you know, an old fable and all these things. It's not. This list shows us that Jesus is a part of history. Jesus actually existed. Jesus was actually on this earth. And this list shows us that Jesus is a part of history. So if anybody ever asks you, oh, you know, I don't really believe Jesus ever existed, just show them Matthew chapter 1. Just show them this and just say, it actually proves that Jesus was a part of history. He walked this earth. He was you. This history prepared the way for Jesus. He was real and he was really here. So this list is important for that, re- for that reason. It shows us that Jesus Christ is a part of history. But secondly, it's important because this list shows us, if you read it and you get into it, it shows us God's incredible grace and mercy. When you begin to read this list and you actually read some of the names and some of the characters in this list, it shows us the incredible grace and mercy of our God. You know, many of these people in this genealogy, many of the men and women in this genealogy, they were incredible men and women. But even as I mentioned this morning, as you read about some of these characters, we see that they failed in incredible ways. They messed up incredible, in incredible ways. They messed up many times. They, they disobeyed God. They failed God many, many times. But you know, as we read this list, it's incredible to see that despite their failures of these men and women, God still used them in his great plan about bringing his son to this earth. God used them. Despite their failures, despite their weaknesses, despite their mess-ups, God still used them to be a part of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, to be a part of Jesus' family tree. It shows us God's incredible grace and his mercy. And not only does it, for that reason, just because these people messed up and failed, but it actually shows us God's mercy and his grace because it includes four women from Old Testament history. Now, in our time, in our generation, we might think that's normal. You know, for for women to be equal with men, to be considered equal with men. But back in those days, in Jewish times in particular, when Matthew was writing writing this, this wasn't the norm. Women were looked down upon in in that society. You know, and in particular, it's incredibly unusual to find women's names mentioned in Jewish genealogies. Often in Jewish genealogies, if you ever read a genealogy, a Jewish genealogy, you'll find that, Women are never mentioned. Men are always mentioned. You know, this son of so-and-so, you know, who, who is the son of so-and-so. But we never see women being mentioned. Because, because usually when you read through Jewish genealogies, names and inheritances will come through fathers. They will come through the men. So Jewish people never thought it would be important to put women in there. But yet in Jesus' genealogy, we see that there are women included. And we see the names, you can read some of the, about these people in the Old Testament. We see Tamar was mentioned in there. Ruth is mentioned in there. Rahab is mentioned in there. And even Bathsheba is mentioned in there. These women are mentioned as part of Jesus' genealogy, as part of Jesus' family tree. It's incredible to think. I know that just shows us God's incredible grace and God's incredible mercy. You know, you might think this morning, well, what's this got to do for you and for me? You know, I believe even as we consider that, as we think about that, how God used these people to be 
part of his great plan in bringing about the birth of his son to be a part of Jesus' family. I believe that God wants to remind you and me that God's grace and his mercy reaches even the worst of us. That God's grace and his mercy still reaches out to you and to me today. You know, when you read through these lists, as I said, these people messed up. They failed time and time again. But yet God still used them. You know, maybe you've come here today and, and you've failed God. You've messed up, you've sinned, you've done something wrong. You know you shouldn't have done it. Maybe you've come here and you feel like you've gone too far. Like God can never forgive you. God can never use you. God can never use you again. I want to encourage you. And this list encourages us and shows us that God can still use you. Despite your failure, despite our weaknesses, God still uses us. And it's not because of who we are or anything that we've done. It's because of who who he is. It's because of his grace and because of his mercy and because of his goodness that God uses messed up human beings. It's because of who he he is and his goodness towards us. As I said, maybe you've come here and you've messed up and you feel like you've done something wrong. God wants to remind you today that his mercies are new every morning. God's mercies are new every morning. Today, his mercies are new for for you. And I believe the Lord wants to remind someone here today. I don't know who it is, but I believe God wants to remind someone today to stop running from him and start running to him. Get back to him. Even if you've messed up and you failed, get back to him. Don't wander away. Don't turn away. Start running towards him because he's a God of mercy. He is a God of grace. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 16 says, The godly may trip seven times but they will get up again. And I've experienced that in my life. I've experienced that even today. When I've messed up and I've failed, I've felt God's forgiveness as I've come to him and I've asked him to forgive me. I've known his forgiveness and his goodness in my life. God is a God who picks us up again. And he doesn't pick us up to tell us off. He picks us up so we'd run after him and he uses us. It's incredible. Not only does God forgive us, but he uses us. Despite our failures, despite our weaknesses, You know, if God used these people who failed to bring about his plan, then he can use you and me. Because we are no different. We fail, we mess up, but God can use us. God can use us in spite of our weakness and our failure. And I don't know about you, but that brings incredible encouragement to me. That God would use me despite my weakness, despite my failure, despite our mess up. Time and time again, God can still use me. God can still use you. And as I said, maybe you've come here and you feel like you've messed up and you've gone too far. Nobody's too far. Nobody's gone too far. None of us can outrun the grace of God. None of us can escape the goodness of our God. You know, even as the psalmist says, where can I run from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I go down to the earth, even still to the pit and the darkness, even there, you were, even, even there, God, you were there in that. God can use us. God can forgive us. God has come. come. As we celebrate this Christmas, he is Emmanuel, God with us. He's the God who stepped into this world, who came to us to save us. It's not about us getting to him. It's about him coming to us to save us and forgive us so that we might know him. And like I said, maybe you've come here and maybe you failed, you messed up, or maybe it's something you've done in the past and maybe you feel like you're forgiven by God, but maybe you feel like God can't use you again. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. God uses us. God doesn't wait until we're strong to use us. God chooses the weak and the foolish things of this earth to shame the wise. 
God isn't waiting for you to get your life ready or get your life perfect. God is just looking for an available heart, a heart that will look to him, turn to him and trust in him and God can use you. It's in our weakness that God's strength is made perfect. And I've discovered that time and time again. And so if you've come and you've messed up and you feel like God can't use you, God can use you. Just look to him. Surrender your life to him. Ask him to forgive you again. And we see that in this list here in Matthew 1, that God used these people who messed up. God still used them to be a part of his incredible plan to bring about Jesus Christ into this earth. So Matthew, he gives us this genealogy to show us that Jesus is the true king. And he can be traced back as far as King David and even further back than that. That Jesus is a part of the family of David. That Jesus is the true king. However, even though Matthew shows us this, that Jesus is part of human history, I'm sure there would have been many Jewish men at that time who could also trace their their family back to King David. I'm sure it wasn't only Jesus who could trace his family back to to King David and to prove that he was the rightful heir. I'm sure there was other people, other men who could trace their line back to the line of David. You know, it would take more than a human genealogy to make Jesus Christ the Son of God and the promised King, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And Matthew, he not only wants to just prove us, to show to us that Jesus is a part of human history, Matthew actually wants to show us that Jesus is not only just, he hasn't just come to be an earthly king, he is the promised king of scripture, that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And Matthew wants to show us that he isn't just a normal king, that he is the son of God, that he is God in the flesh. And we read this in Matthew 1 verse 18 to 25. Maybe we will read this together. And it says this, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, He did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Matthew wants to show us here that Jesus, his birth was different to all the other Jewish boys that are named in that genealogy. Jesus was different His birth was different from all the other boys in that genealogy, named in that genealogy. Matthew wants to make it clear to us that Joseph wasn't the father of Jesus. Joseph wasn't the father of Jesus. Rather, Matthew wants to make it clear to us that Joseph was the husband of Mary, who gave birth to Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Matthew wants to make it clear to us that Jesus was born of an earthly mother, but not begotten 
by an earthly father. He wants to make it clear to us that Jesus is God in the flesh. That he has got a heavenly father and not an earthly father. Joseph, yes, he would, would have been there. He would have looked after him. He was his foster father. He would have looked after him. But Joseph wasn't his earthly father because Jesus was conceived in a divine way, totally different to the other boys in his genealogy. And this is known as the doctrine of the virgin birth for all you theologians out there. It's known as the doctrine of the virgin birth. You know, if Jesus was conceived and born just like any other boy and any other baby in that genealogy, then he couldn't be God. He couldn't be God. But the Bible tells us that by a miracle, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus was conceived in the womb of Mary, who was a virgin. That's what the Bible tells us. Now, to the Jewish people at that time, engagement was the same as marriage. Engagement was the same as marriage, except that a man and a woman, they wouldn't live together. That was the difference between marriage at that time. And, and commentators say that actually if a couple were engaged, they would have been called husband and wife. And the end of that engagement, at the end of that engagement, the marriage was consummated. That's what commentators tell us. And if a woman became pregnant during engagement, it was considered adultery. But we see here that the Mary she conceived while she was still engaged to Joseph, but she conceived through the Holy Spirit. But Joseph, he didn't want to punish her publicly. He didn't want to disgrace her publicly. Uh, and so he want, wanted to do it quietly. But we see that God even intervened in this situation. That God sent an angel to speak to Joseph, to reveal to Joseph that actually Mary had conceived this son through God himself, through the Holy Spirit. That this wasn't just an earthly, a, a response of an earthly relationship. That this came from God himself. That Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And in fact, that he wasn't just like any other baby. That he was the son of God. And Matthew wants to make that clear to us. That not only was Jesus a part of human history. Not only has Jesus got this human connection and this human right to be the king and to sit on David's throne. But actually, Matthew wants to make it clear to us that Jesus is also God in the flesh. That he is fully man and fully God. And that Jesus isn't just an earthly king, but he is the promised king, the king of kings, and the Lord of lords. And Matthew also gives us, he shows us and reveals to us three names that the Son of God was given to prove that he was who he said he was. The first name that he was given was Jesus, which means Savior. Jesus, that name means Savior. He's come to save the people of this earth from their sins. The second name he was given, the title, is the Christ. Some people think that Christ is Jesus' surname. It's not his surname. It is his title, Jesus the Christ, which means anointed. And actually in the Greek, it is linked to Messiah. It means Messiah, that Jesus is the Christ. He is the anointed one. He is the Messiah, the promised king. But also Matthew gives, uh, reveals to us another name that Jesus was given. Not only is he the savior of the world, not only is he the Messiah, but he's given another name, which is Emmanuel, which is God with us. This is the king of kings. This is the savior of the world, the promised king. He is God now with us. He is God right here, right now. And we can have a relationship with this God. Jesus Christ, he is the king of kings 
and he is God with us. And Matthew wants to reveal that to us. So as we come to a conclusion this morning, right from the outset of this gospel, you might think, yeah, Pastor Luke, that is a, a really, really boring long list of names. Why is it there? Next time you think about skipping over it, don't. Look at it. Study it. Get into that list of names. And as, you, as we see this list of names, as we've discovered this morning, it's there for a reason. It shows us that Jesus is a part of human history, that he is the rightful heir to David's throne. It shows us the incredible grace and mercy and goodness of our God, that God uses failed people, weak people, still to accomplish his plans and his purposes. But ultimately, Matthew wants to show us in this opening chapter of his book, of this gospel, that Jesus wasn't just a baby born like anybody else, but he was the God in the flesh, that he is Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I know even this morning, even as I've just revealed this to us, I pray this morning that the Holy Spirit would reveal this to our hearts, that we would all have this revelation, that it's not just my revelation or, or something just because I've studied and gone into this. I pray we would all have this revelation this morning, that Jesus is the King of Kings, that he is the Lord of Lords, that he is God with us, and that his birth isn't just chance or fantasy or he is a part of history. And you and I, can be included in God's great plan. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.